we've been doing a great series. I hope you've all been enjoying this current series, Love Isn't Blind. It's about being intentional in our relationships in every area of our lives. And we've covered a lot of things so far. We've been intentional about being in our relationship with the church, intentional about our relationship with God, being intentional in our relationships as we navigate disagreement the right way. And today we're going to look at being intentional with yourself. I, me, and myself. And there's endless things that we can focus on when it comes to being intentional with yourself. But today I'm just going to focus on a couple that the Lord's put on my heart. And because there's many areas covered in this series already, I won't repeat them. And that will be a joy for you all. So the first thing is, if we're going to be intentional with ourselves in that, is choose to change and grow. And we all like, oh, change and grow, change and grow. And if you're going to be intentional about yourself, you need to be serious about change and growth in your life so you become a better person to have a relationship with. And you can also be a great example to others to follow. Over the years, I've seen so many people who've had a close relationship with Jesus Christ, and I've seen them rocking up against the same problems year after year in their life. And they feel awful. They've let God down and they've disappointed others, but there never seems to be any real change in their lives. They sing all the right songs. Oh, have your way, Lord, in my life. I surrender all. They sing all that. But for all their great demonstrations of sincere dedication, there's still no lasting change in their lives. A previous youth pastor in our church once said, God hasn't called us to live a life of frustration. He wants us to live in breakthrough. In 3 John Chapter 2, it says, Beloved, I pray that you may prosper in all things and be in health just as your soul prospers. That's God's heart for each one of you. Do people who have God's spirit inside of them do things that don't please God? The answer is yes. It's a yes for me. But not if they allow the Holy Spirit to control them and lead them. Having the spirit of God within does not always mean surrendering to his control. We can be in the spirit, but not live according to the spirit. We can live in another part of the world, but not live in a part according to their customs, patterns or ways. We can be in Iraq, but not live according to the Iraqi ways. And be tired, Being tired of your life circumstances just isn't enough. Not wanting or not liking the way things are in her life will cause you, should cause you, and hopefully, sorry, not wanting or liking the way things are in your life will not cause you to change them. You need to make a decision to grow and to change as a person. And if you don't fully want to change, it's always going to be too hard and you will give up on the way. That's why we've got such great courses in our church as Circuit Breaker and the Freedom Course. And hearing the great reports of people acquiring tools to build better relationships and also hearing of the breakthroughs that are coming in their life, it's just so good. They are brilliant courses. Sometimes though, the thought of change can seem quite overwhelming and you're half put off before you start. It may feel as though you're going to fail before you even get started. You know, the Apostle Paul, he battled also with things in his life and he felt that he found incredibly difficult. 
He pleaded with the Lord three times that the, for the Lord to take this thing that bugged him away. And this was the Lord's reply in 2 Corinthians 12 verse 9. It's in the Amplified, so we get a lot more words. I don't know whether Jesus, God was speaking in the Amplified version at the time. But he said to me, my grace, my favour and loving kindness and mercy is enough for you. Sufficient against any danger and enables you to bear the trouble manfully. For my strength and power are made perfect. They're fulfilled and they're complete and show themselves most effective in your weakness. God wants to be with you and help you in every step of the way. He doesn't want to leave us, he doesn't want us to leave him out of the picture and struggle all by ourselves. In Galatians 5, verse 25, it says, If we live by the Spirit, let us also keep step with the Spirit. And in the Living Bible, it says, If we are now living by the Holy Spirit's power, let us follow the Holy Spirit's leading in every part of our lives. And I haven't time today to recap on how to get to know the Holy Spirit. But we did a wonderful series on the Holy Spirit recently, and you can find it on YouTube under Life You See. Can I recommend just start taking one step at a time to grow? Ask God, what's one thing, God, that you want me to change first? It could be your health. It could be your fitness. It could be your need to rest. It could be your spiritual walk. It could be an aspect of your relationship, your studies, your finances, you name it. Just take that one first step to change and get good at it. Then get consistent with that, and when ready, take another step. About two years ago, I needed to lose some weight through a bad habit I had. So I thought, I'll just try this one step. So I changed something, thought, see how it goes, became consistent at it, lost 12 kilos in the process over time, and I've stuck at it. It can work. And that's not just for weight. That's a whole stack of things. It's a whole range of things. If you want to be intentional with yourself, you need to change and grow. The second thing is, if you want to be intentional with yourself, you need to connect with others. God didn't create you to do life alone, as Mark said this morning. And it is so important, if you are intentional with yourself, that you connect with others regularly. You may be committed to coming to this, to this church and you are totally behind the vision of this church. And while that is a really good thing, when it comes to connecting others and cultivating community, this will never be achieved unless you commit to real connection. Let's face it, you can't have real connection with 500 people on a Sunday. And you know what? Being a part of a life group is a wonderful way to do this. The first Christians had a conviction to build relationship. In Acts 2 verse 46, it says, they worshipped together, together regularly each day, met in small groups in homes for communion and shared their meals with great joy and thankfulness. Thomas Brooks says, it's not the mere touching of the flower by the bee that gathers honey, but her abiding for a time on the flower that draws out the sweet. If you just come to church, leave straight away afterwards and never join a life group or any area where you can connect with someone, how will you ever connect with others? There is a sweetness and something special you'll miss in not really getting to know others. You might say, well, what are the benefits of being in a life group, you may think? 
I'm so glad you asked me. Let me share. First thing is it helps you to belong. God has always wanted to be, us to be part of his family, to belong. God says to Adam in Genesis 2 verse 18, I thought Mark was going to whip off my sermon this morning. It isn't good for man to be alone. Now, at that time, Adam actually had God and all the animals for company. He's got God for company plus the animals. So it was the need for human contact to which God was referring. God's heart is also for the generations. Everything about him is to bring those who are scattered, those who are separated, those who are lost in life circumstances or alone into connection and family for you to be able to belong. And through our life groups at Life UC, you can get connected. You can build on your relationships in that group. You can grow and mature as a Christian, know you belong, know you're cared for with an opportunity to serve others. Sounding good so far? Perhaps for whatever reason, you're unable to make a life group on a regular basis. Then get connected in a team and serve. Others are wanting to love you and be enriched by your life. You are amazing. In God's eyes, in our eyes, you are amazing. God has placed incredible gifts, character, and special things unique in your life. And when you don't regularly connect with others, you rob and deny them of the amazing God things he has put in your life. It takes so little to be connected and belong. It also helps you avoid mistakes to be in a life group. But even when you think you are at your strongest, nothing can stop me now, the enemy will always seek to see how vulnerable you really are. Sometimes it isn't the person who has almost fallen who is vulnerable. It's the person who thinks he will never fall or fail. When did King David's gaze cross Bathsheba and he fell morally? was at a time when he had not known defeat, politically, militarily, or personally. He was also, he was not with his men on the battlefield where he should have been positioned. He was back home alone. 1 Corinthians 10 verse 12 says, Do not be so naive and so self-confident. You're not exempt. You could fall flat on your face as easily as anybody else. Forget about self-confidence, it's useless. Cultivate God-confidence. When you are connected and part of a group or team, you defer to the others and are open to their input. Being connected and part of a team allows others to bring their perspective and balance to what you're doing. If you are not in a group, how can you get a balanced perspective? It's just you, 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 and you. And when you're not balanced... It's just about guaranteed you will fall over. When talking about God's laws in the Bible and his, and his ways to live, in Psalm 119, verse 65, it says, those who love your laws have great peace of heart and mind and do not stumble. Also means if you're in a life group, means someone's got your back. In the Bible, in the book of Nehemiah, we read of Nehemiah and the people rebuilding the walls of Jerusalem. They were halfway when discouragement from various sources and fear of being attacked was there, were two things that Nehemiah needed to deal with. In Nehemiah 4 verse 20, it says, Whenever you hear the sound of the trumpets, join us here. Our God will fight for you. 
will fight for us and you. <laughs> he organised that whenever they heard the tr sound of the trumpet, they were all to rally at one point and fight, knowing God was fighting for them. It was never Nehemiah's intention for any family to have to fight alone. And the same principle applies to your life. You are never for, called to fight and battle life alone. Thus the need to connect and build strong relationships in a life group. The rally point is where there's strength. Ecclesiastes 4 verses 9 to 10 says, two are better than one because they have a good, more satisfying reward for their labour. For if they fall, the one will lift up his fellow. But woe to him who is alone when he falls and has not another to lift him up. You know, when you connect with others in a life group, you have family. But sorry, if, sorry. When you connect with others in a life group, you move forward together from a position of strength and unity. It means that someone has your back. They're looking out for you. I love it being in our life group. We meet socially on a Friday night from 6 till 7.30. And, that, and we can't actually pray where we have at the venue we have it. We go to a, a restaurant and that. But we take the prayer requests and we back each other in prayer so strongly. We are onto it all the week. Our group pray for us and we feel we belong and we know that they have, each of us have our back. You want to go to a life group but you have family with children. Easy. Get in touch with Pastor Brian via the QR code that's on the screen. Then start one and perhaps invite one or two other families and have it during the day or over the weekend. Everyone has to eat Sunday lunch, don't they? And when the warmer weather comes, you can go to a park or out by the lake, wherever. Alternatively, one partner go to life group one week while the other one cares for the children and then the next week swap and the other partner goes. But there's also other times to have early breakfasts with people with a group and that perhaps just say, right, the limit's an hour. Oh no, people who have one hour lunch and they meet in the city. And there's also too, which a lot of you may not realise, we mentioned it quite a few years ago, we have a thing that our church belongs to, which all of you can get onto for free, is Right Now Media. Well, every week they have different people from all over the world putting out video series. They're brilliant and they're all free. So there might be an eight-week series on overcoming temptation. I'm just picking something off the top of my head. And you could just say, hey, I've, I don't feel I've got all the teaching abilities or whatever it is to take a life group. But you can say, hey, I'm going to start a life group. We're going to watch this video series, buy a packet of Tim Tams every week. We'll share it around in the group. Watch the video, discuss it, pray for each other. If you don't know the answers to some of the things you're discussing, then get in touch with the staff and we'll give you an answer for the following week. But it's not that hard to even start a life group, but it helps you get connected. And the series they do are brilliant. So if you're not quite sure about how to get onto it, ask us at the church and we'll let you know. But it's absolutely brilliant. And it's free for all of you to get onto Right Now Media. It's absolutely brilliant. We will do everything we can and everything we can think of to help you get connected because being in a life group helps you to belong, helps you to avoid mistakes and means someone's got your back. The third thing this morning is need to fight for your relationships. If you're going to be intentional about yourself, then you need to hang on to good relationships you have and get rid of the toxic ones. Whether it be family, marriage, children, friendships, work colleagues, whatever. There is definitely going to be a time when you need to fight 
for your relationships and hold on to them. One tip is be an initiator. One area you can show people that you value them is to be an initiator. And I try as hard as possible not to say to people, oh, we must catch up, but then I don't do anything about it. And it might be a good intention. Yeah, I'd love to catch up with you, but I never really do anything about it because I get busy and distracted. Instead, I go, I'd love to catch up. Let's work out some dates. And I might get out my phone then and there, or I will email some dates to them to see what's going to work for them. One of my little beefs in life is when I contact someone, meeting up with them, and they can't do a certain date, but they offer no other suggestion then or there. So I try again later on. Same response. Then I try again. Third, third strike. I have to wonder why do I want to keep in that relationship if that's what they're like? Got to get with it. Quite often before Sean and I go on holidays, we work out the number of people we want to catch up with so that we've got time to relax, but we've also got time to connect with others. And then I contact them ahead, let them know we're coming, lock in a day, date and time, and we catch up and it's absolutely wonderful. And when it comes to family, you need to be intentional and initiator of time together. It is way too easy to get busy and you have good intentions to spend time together, but you haven't actually let the other family members know that you are going to put time aside with them and when. Don't give to others what is left over after everything else. Perhaps they are slack also. But that's them. It's not about what they're like. It's about who you are and you fighting to keep that relationship by valuing them. If you are intentional about yourself, you need family and or friends so you have a community to belong to. Except for our daughter, Deborah, all my family are spread out interstate or overseas. And that's why I love coming to church. My life has been so enriched over the years by many, many people here. It is a home and family I belong to, and I love our church. Be an initiator of relationships. Don't wait for people to contact you. Let them know you value them and back it up with action. Another tip is keep short accounts. One of the lessons I've learned over my many years is that if I truly want to fight for my relationships, then apologising and forgiveness are huge keys to keeping that relationship. The closer people that are closer that people are to you, the more awkward and harder it gets to do, especially family. But it's so worth it. About nine years ago, I specifically flew over to New Zealand to help my sister sort out my elderly mum's possessions as she moved into a rest home. My task was to leave the big items in a corner that my sister told me to, and then to arrange for a good place for the rest to go and discard the, the others. Well, I'm a bit of a if in doubt, chuck it out chick on that. So if you haven't used it for a year, get rid of it. And if you haven't used it for two years, definitely don't have it in the house, that sort of thing. Seriously, one doesn't need to have 20 cans of tomato soup, tin peaches or fizzy passion fruit drink. Remember Passiona, some of us my age, on, was on special two years ago in one's pantry. And that's what my mum's place was always like. And tins of fruit salad, my gosh, you could feed half the nation with what goes on in that. Well, I was in task mode. 
what else was in it? I had limited time in New Zealand because that's what I was, that's why I'd have flown over and I was raring to go. Let me at it. My sister, who had helped mum acquire a lot of her stuff and move, move from Australia to New Zealand, was now having a sentimental moment as she was looking at all the stuff and she was taking forever to show me what I needed to do in the corner. Being a little insensitive, I prompted her to get a crack on and she burst into tears. Awkward, awkward. Now, I didn't, it didn't split our relationship or stop us from talking to each other. But later on that night, I felt to apologise to her for being so insensitive. Apologies show people you have self-awareness. And while you may never have intentionally gone to hurt them, you are generally sorry if you have caused them hurt. Forgiveness is another huge key to maintaining a relationship. It's amazing how when people do something wrong to us, we just note that down in our imaginary little file and over time we start building a dossier on them. And before long, we can write that person off because we never actually forgave them each time for the small things. And now we don't value them enough to still be in a relationship with them. Imagine if Jesus did that to you. Because let's face it, none of us are perfect and we continually keep making mistakes in life. I'm the first on his list. Ephesians 4 verses 31 to 32. Stop being mean, bad-tempered and angry. Quarrelling harsh words and dislike of others should have no place in your lives. Instead, be kind to each other, tender-hearted, forgiving one another just as God has forgiven you because you belong to Christ. Under absolutely unfair circumstances, if Jesus chose to give his life for you and forgive you when he did nothing wrong, how dare we hold back forgiveness to others? Ephesians 1 verses 7 to 8 said, He is so rich in kindness and grace that he purchased our freedom with the blood of his Son and forgave our sins. He has showered his kindness on us, along with all wisdom and understanding. Another thing I've learned in life is hurting people say hurtful things. So why don't you start praying for them instead of rejecting them and holding offence? In Philip Yancey's book, What's So Amazing About Grace, he says, because it goes against human nature, Forgiveness must be taught and practised as one would practise any difficult craft. Martin Luther King Jr. said, Forgiveness is not just an occasional act. It is a permanent attitude. What greater gift could you give to the world and the generations to come than, forming, than the forming of a culture that upholds grace and forgiveness? And when it comes to a marriage relationship, you have more together than apart. God has deposited so much in your life and in the other person's life. And by letting that relationship dwindle away, you unintentionally block all that God wanted to do through the synergy and dynamics of you both together. Get counselling and work on your marriage. When you said your vows, you made a covenant with that person and with God. Do not take covenants lightly. I am not impressed with the amount of people who are casually going into divorce these days. And I'm not making a, a judgment on you at all where you're at. 
But if you've made a covenant to somebody, you blim and work at it. There is more to both of you together than apart. Think on that. Never underestimate the value of great relationships. Keep short accounts with others. Don't let things build up. Apologize and forgive regularly. You will be amazed at how free and the, pay, the peace that you can live with. But you know, it could be actually that you need to forgive yourself for what you've done. No matter what mess you've got yourself into, God's mercy and grace is way, way bigger. God has forgiven you. He doesn't cast shame or condemn you. But perhaps it's time you forgive yourself. I really felt the Holy Spirit wants to speak to someone about that today. Romans 8 verses 1 to 2 says, So now the case is closed. There remains no accusing voice of condemnation against those who are joined in life union with Jesus, the anointed one. For the law of the spirit of life flowing through the anointing of Jesus has liberated us from the law of sin and death. Jesus went all the way to the cross to pay the price for mankind's sins once and for all, past, present and future. And any mess you made, for any mess you made, so please, please don't make all he went through for you a waste. Don't do it. It's time to forgive yourself. Receive God's forgiveness. It's free. And live in the freedom that Jesus Christ bought with you, with his, for you with his own life and blood. If you want to be intentional with yourself, be someone who will fight to keep the relationships with others. And keep to fight your relationship with God. Don't let condemnation creep back into your life and keep you away from him. The worship team would like to come. Thank you. You know, if there was anyone who ever fought for their relationship with us, it was God. Perhaps you are here today or you're watching online and you don't know God at all. You know, sin dist distances us from a relationship with God. But that's why God in his amazing love sent Jesus. He came as a human baby and grew to show mankind the Father's heart and his kingdom. He also came to die on a cross to pay the price for mankind's sin. So God's total forgiveness, grace and mercy could be released into your life. And he was raised to life again by his heavenly father to prove he has the power over death. That life can be yours, not just now, but for eternity. <laughs>